The Bar Star Podcast is a show full of stories, opinions, and sarcasm. Hosted by a working musician based in Louisville, Kentucky. Wait a second. This guy knows he's a drummer, right? Not an actual musician? Why would anybody want to... Never mind. to another episode of the Bar Star Podcast. I am your host, Stephen O'Reilly, here at Casa de Quarantine. I hope everybody is doing well. I hope everybody had a good week. And uh, not as always, but as the new always, I hope you guys are staying safe and shit. Uh, thank you guys for coming back and hanging out. Thank you for the downloads. I have noticed that the numbers are way up. I would like to attribute that to me being awesome and having some some time away and not posting shows every week, but I know that is bullshit. It's because you all are fucking bored out of your minds. Either way, I still appreciate it. Today on the show, I have a conversation with a one Mr. Denver Orender. Denver is a sound guy here in Louisville. He has ran me, and I say me because he's ran several bands I've been in and several uh, fill-in gigs I've done, but he has ran me several, several times. I don't even know how many times. Uh, we'll go with 47 because it's the greatest number ever. And he is very, very good at his job. Denver reached out to me and wanted to get some stuff off of his chest while all the Black Plague is going on uh, before you guys squint your eyes and think, oh my God, you're being such an asshole. First of all, I stole that. Uh, second of all, I'm keeping it because even though these are very scary and very serious times uh, and shit is not to be taken lightly, there is also a, a need for a little little sliver of humor here and there and calling it the Black Plague is honestly, it just fucking amuses me. Anyway, we talked about all kinds of stuff. He reached out to me, like I said, to be on the show, to get some stuff off his chest. He had some uh, some opinions he wanted to talk about, and he has been going through some stuff. And that's what we did. We had a conversation about how he got into sound engineering and various gigs and who he is working with now, which you will hear about in the show, and um, some people that helped him out. There are some weird things you guys are going to hear somewhere in the back end of this show. He was talking about some some people that helped him out, and we both agreed to keep those names private so you'll hear some weird shits and some white noise and some just garbage but I didn't want to take the entire story out that he was telling because it was uh it was important to him but we both decided to uh hide the names to protect the uh, guilty the innocent whatever no, we just we just decided together that we did not want those names to be public, but there are some people that reached out to him and helped him out, and it was very, very cool. So uh, when you get to that part, there's nothing wrong. I didn't fuck up my audio. Skype didn't freak out on me. Uh, we just decided to leave those names out. So there you go. That's all I got. I'm going to keep this open, short, because I've already rambled enough. So here is my conversation with Denver Orender. Right. 
Yeah, I'm not. It's too just like Steve Clark used to sing to me with my last name. Rick. During surrender. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I'd walk into the studio, into the house. We, we actually lived together for a short period of time. I'd walk into the door, and, and he would start singing my last name like it was cheap trick. You know. <laughs> Why am I not surprised? Ugh. Okay, cool. So I am recording. I'm supposed to tell you that uh, to avoid legal snags to let the other party know that you're being recorded, but we already went through all this. So I am sitting here via Skype with my buddy Denver Orander, who has ran me a bunch of times. Uh, That is actually how we know each other. And now for those listening and for you, because I'm looking at your pretty face, uh, You and I are not super, super tight, and for no other reason than we just haven't spent a whole lot of time together because usually when we see each other, you're running sound, I'm playing, we pack up, and we go our separate ways Right. Um, because we both have been super busy over the last few years. But guess what? We're not busy right now because of all that's going on. Uh, and you reached out to me and wanted to be on the show, and I wanted to have you on the show anyway, so the timing just worked out perfectly. So with all that out of the way, how are you, sir? I'm actually uh, doing fairly well right now. Um, I I have uh, tried to. You look good. And, uh, you know, well, it's the beard, man. I mean, I'm <laughs> getting the Viking roots. Uh, no kidding. About it. My mom's side of the family goes all the way back to Draco, the Vikings. So nice. Uh, but, you know, overall, you know, I, I'm trying to stay in good health. You know, I've actually uh, I, I've gained a little bit back, but I've lost some weight. I'm trying to keep my diabetes under control um, through diet and uh, not try and get too crazy and overeat i'm actually instead of running around all day trying to eat these huge crazy meals i'm just limiting it to snacking and 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 keeping my my weight under control that way so got you got you well that's all that's all good stuff so you for the edification of my seven listeners i'm just kidding um you are a what do you go by technically because i just lump everybody in sound guy or sound technician what is your actual title what do you like to be called or referred to as you know uh, honestly by my name. <laughs> uh, it, it just does, I mean, there's a lot out there as far as, you know, audio engineer, uh, you know, uh, lighting designer. I mean, I've done a little bit of, of all of it. Right. Um, but at the same time, you know, people go in, oh, you don't have an engineering degree and blah, blah. You know, so, I mean, technically an engineer builds stuff and designs it, you know, and, and, and they have the paperwork on the wall, the lambskin to, to prove it. I just, I'm missing the lambskin. Um, so, Fair enough. I'm a sound guy. I'm an engineer. It's whatever the hat of the day is, you know. <laughs> well, every time our our paths have crossed, you have been sound guy. Right. <laughs> Understandably so. I mean, it, except for the one moment where I I, I fixed the guitar uh, that we had a, a low level on, and it about ripped your head off. In that case, I'm sure I was something else. <laughs> oh yeah, I remember that. You were an asshole that day. <laughs> yeah, I vaguely remember, but yes, I do remember it. Oh, that was brutal. Which actually, it really wasn't your fault. Um, it just it, it did knock my he- head off. That was pretty funny. Where was that? Do you remember? That was at the picnic over in Indiana. Um, where on top of that night, I was having some issues because that that was the beginning of of my early days of running digital, and I there was some routing on the console I didn't understand. So we were we were a couple minutes late getting started. Um, just due to the fact that I, there was something that that I didn't know how it was patched, but in that being the case, um, that that turned out to be you know it it it, it was a little hairy at first, but it, we made it through it. You know, was that the was that the gas money show up in Indiana with the we were on the back of a flatbed truck? Yes, 
Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. I remember that. I think that was actually the last time he ran us or ran me anyway, because yeah, Gas yeah. doesn't exist anymore. It was, yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. Cool. But uh, that that was a kind of a air raising situation for a minute. But like I said, we made it through, and and honestly, um, with not a whole lot of trouble that night. I I, I had yeah. been fairly used to my uh, um, I'd already started with the Behringer X airs and was was used to using my phone or a tablet to uh to mix with and that night i had an x32 and i had really hadn't run one yet and that was gotcha. uh, that, that was a little bit hairy um just to say the least um but we we, we did make it through uh, nobody died um, <laughs> minimal things here and there you know it might have been a loss of a limb but uh, you know we, we sewed it back on it's good now nobody died <laughs> <laughs> i like it so how did you get into uh audio engineering how did you become a sound guy basically actually it started a very long time ago um i well, you're only like 20 right yeah 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 uh I'm, I'm 20 with a few years experience um see there you go i like it <laughs> <laughs> um actually my 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 dad um kind of started the whole thing uh, my uncle my brother it, it was kind of family i really started playing music um around four years old um gotcha. and really going to it in school about nine i got into school band and from there it progressed but my dad worked on electronics um and actually used to fix guitar amps in his younger day and i i've worked bounced back and forth between a couple of different industries between music and electronics and so on and so forth i didn't even realize pop had a uh, degree in electronics until i was 28 years old and working at motorola uh as it, in their private uh, sector so Damn. Um, because, you know, I didn't realize back then you didn't have to have a diploma, uh, to go to tech school and dad didn't get his GED until he was in his forties. Um, oh, gotcha. And so he, he basically came out of high school, got a degree, you know, degree through tech school. He worked with my grandfather who did flooring and, uh, uh, hardwood flooring and wallpaper for years. Him and my uncle both did. Um, but he was, you know, in an effort to move forward and, and do something that, that, you know, did well for him for a little while. Um, he worked, you know, at Peerless and Burks and, and uh, you know, did stock. And on the, on the side, he used to work for a buddy of his named Roy McCarty fixing his guitar amps. Uh, gotcha. And uh, that kind of started with that. And then my uncle played music. And then my brother did for years, both of them. And I got in with them and started working on the technical side of it. I, I also, I actually really started out playing instruments. But um, when it came down to it, I, I, uh, I don't know. I just enjoyed the 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 show part of it. Um, you know, I can actually still sit back and lis listen and or watch. Uh, but to make that come into effect, you know, to be the wizard behind the curtain, that that's that's more of my place. Um, I enjoy playing, but I'm a nervous wreck when I'm on stage. I, I don't <laughs> I really don't enjoy that part of the nervousness. I love to play. I have fun at it. But trying to perform in front of people, I'm just, you know, I'm I am. And I don't know if you've ever seen this or, or, or you know, you'll get the reference of it. But if you've ever seen the very first interview that Prince did with uh, uh, on American uh, Bandstand. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Unbelievably awkward. You know, didn't I don't think he spoke through the entire interview. He just nope. maybe a half a word here or there and you couldn't understand it. And he mostly just signaled with his fingers, yep. which I think was, you know, led to the whole illusion of, oh, you know, later on where you couldn't directly approach him or speak to him. It's because the guy couldn't do an interview worth 10 cents and he looked like a goober, you know, which by <laughs> loving, he was super talented, 
but some people are just like that. They, they have a, a lot of, uh, of ambition and drive and, and ability to create. But when it comes to dealing with people, it's a no-go. Right. Right. That makes sense. So, By the way, you're not cutting out when I'm talking over or when we're talking at the same time. So that's good. So we, we fixed the issue. Yay. Sweet. All right, cool. So you were talking about uh, Prince being awkward and you're a nervous wreck on stage. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, it, it, that was my that's my place in life as far as the music industry goes. And I mean, like, I, I hope to one day get over that um, awkwardness. But, you know, I can I can stand at a console and curse and throw things and <laughs> be a menace uh, like most other sound guys you'll you'll come to meet. But um, I, <laughs> at the same time, I can't do that on stage, especially with two hands on a guitar. It just doesn't work the same, you know. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Now that that makes complete sense. It's it's funny. I because you're the first um, sound guy I've had on the show. It, it's funny. I used to. I've made jokes for years that the first time a sound guy runs me as a drummer, that they immediate immediately love me because I don't want kicking my wedge. So as a sound oh, yeah. guy, is that true? <laughs> Dude, it, it, it's it's almost freakishly weird the the fact the way that your mix is is and I love it. Don't get me wrong, but it's one of those where uh, you know you, it's so against the curve. It's like working with uh, um, I can't remember. Uh, I can tell you any other day I could think of their name, but Incursion. You know, working with that band when they were coming right. up and, and having a left-handed drummer, <clears throat> man, it threw me off every time. And it it's not a hard thing to do to switch the mics from one side to the other unless you're running short cables. But right. at the same time, when you're trying to think about it on the fly and do that switch, it's like, uh, you know, so <laughs> you, you, there, there's an entire pause break in there and you're just like, oh, OK, that that uh, that's uh, OK. Why, what? Huh? Yeah. OK. I got, <laughs> I, I got this. I just it's one of those things that. I happened to notice it years ago after the third or fourth show that I did and I would go to the the sound guy would come to me or I'd go to the sound guy and they'd say, okay, what do you want in your mix? How much kick do you want? And I'd go, I don't want any kick and the look on their face. And so for all these years, it's just always, it always amuses me. And now I, I have the running joke when I play with people, especially if I fill in or if I, I sub for a band or whatever, I'll go, whoever your sound guys are going to love me. So don't worry about it. Well, why, why are they going to love you? Cause I don't want kicking my wedge and it, right. it's kind of a running joke. Well, it, you know, and a fun one at that, I mean, you know, you can, you can, uh, uh, honestly over the years that I've done it, it, it's actually become quite nice to have somebody that, that really knows what they want. The, the, one of the bigger headaches is, and I, don't get me wrong, I love working with green bands because they're very, very um, susceptible to, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, uh, critique. You know, they'll they'll listen and pay attention when you try and help them out. Right. Um, where sometimes seasoned folks out there, they, they've done it a certain way for so long and they're used to their engineer that's treated them a certain way for so long. Right, just, right. They, they're, they're not that susceptible to, uh, to, to, uh, taking new advice yeah they're but, not they're not as open to change you know no and you get that on some of the sometimes on the young end too because they think they know it all when they start out regardless of their age but you know when they become <laughs> a, a, a musician they get up on that stage and they go oh well you know this always worked for us when we were running through uh two tenant speakers and a six channel powered head but how come you know <laughs> like well uh that was great before the invention of the uh the the of electricity and the rock and the things you know that nature but now we have right. these things called digital uh, mixers and 
you know, yep. we need a little bit more support and uh, we're giving you more options. Please take them and run with it. <laughs> yes, exactly. All right. Enough, enough about me. Back to you. So so you 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 got more fascinated, so to speak, with the with the behind the curtain stuff. Well, you know, and honestly, it, it, it started with um, as crazy as it sounds like uh, my brother was huge into car stereos. You know, right. dad had a um, an old record player with a tube amplifier that he repaired that he got from work when he was working at uh, Burke's years ago. So I've had a really quality listening environment. Dad built speakers in the wall and all this stuff. And, you know, I got into the tech end of it, you know, building stereos with my brother and you know, it just turned into playing, you know, I'd already started playing music and it just all folded into the technical side of it because right. for me, it was great to, to hear it. But at the same time, for me to have the ability to um, craft it into what I wanted to experience made it that much more enjoyable for me. Um, right. You know, and, and I, I do take liberties live with effects and things like that because there are songs that I put stuff on that they weren't there in the original recording. But, you know, in, in the scope of, X amount of decades, some of that stuff wasn't even available then. And, yeah. you, know, it, you know, so having the ability to do it now um, is huge. So, I mean, like, I, I take full advantage of that sometimes. And sometimes, you know, I just do it because I want to. I mean, you know, I, you, when you go to a concert, and a lot of times, most of the PAs locally, um, you know, there's options out there to get stereo, and it's become more so with the, with the digital age and everything. But um, at the same time, a lot of years, they weren't. You know, so if you're running a stereo guitar rig, it didn't matter. I could put two mics on you, but you were still coming out as one signal. Um, right. But having the ability to pan stuff like, uh, you know, I used to do it a lot on Rage Against the Machine. I would pan the guitars left and right on certain parts and, there, you know, other songs like that. I would, you know, if we were playing and it was really an effect to the mood where it would hit the audience right, then I'd do hard pans on stuff and, and, and really just accent things. And gotcha. that kind of got my... You know, with, between that and my drum tones are what really got me the acclaim that I have in the, in the work that I'm um, And I've actually even stepped that up a notch now to where, um, obviously, I've grown as time has gone on and made uh, different uh, exceptions to, to how I started mixing. But now it's more of, and this is kind of what I guess I wanted to get to all along, is I'm working with artists that uh, they care. They put everything right. they have into it. Um, they're, they're, you know, they've always been good people. Don't get me wrong. But at the same time, it's like, you know, it, it's more of a comfort level now. And what I do now is I'm more on attention. Like I'm still mixing the PA, but I'm also looking at your face to see, you know, if you're having issues, because if I can visually see that you're struggling with something, whether it's something on me or not, it's still, I'm still going to, I'm still going to ask, you right. know, even if it's, something personal that you're struggling with, if I can offer a kind you know, word or whatever, you know, my, my place is to, to try and, you know, make this thing flow and, and, and go as best as it can. So um, it becomes a, a situation with um, more of, uh, you know, comfort level for everybody. You know, I right. think I've gone above now to that point where I, I really needed to be. And it, it's got me uh, closer with all the folks I work with and uh, just made a better working relationship all the way around. Right. And, and that makes complete sense. What did you, but besides the, the not, um, what's the word I'm looking for besides being nervous on stage and that kind of stuff and seeing what your dad was doing and all that, what else attracted you to quote being behind the curtain? What else attracted you to 
wanting to run sound and wanting to figure out how all that stuff works because and the reason before you answer the reason i ask it is and i don't talk a whole lot about it on the show because i'm fucking dumb i don't know how it all works <laughs> but i do know that it's super complicated and it's there's way more involved to it than people think there there is so that's but now you can answer the question only because i wanted to throw that out I, I that's why i never talk about it because i don't understand it i get it i know when something's wrong i know when something's off i know when something's not working but as far as what it takes to make it work and all that kind of stuff and how to dial all that shit in i'm fucking clueless i got nothing well and and i think that stems from a natural cur- curiosity you know i mean like and it didn't hurt that you know dad had stuff that had parts laying around or you know my 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 family background is an overall, whether it's in electronics or, or you know, just in general, is is or being mechanics. Right. So you know, the idea is to tear it down, break it apart, see how it works, and put it back together. And if you can improve upon it, do so. Right. So that kind of you know, with seeing you know, dad sitting solder, um, that was probably some of the earliest stuff. Um, you know, and then again, that kind of carried on through the family, and it, it was just one of those things that seemed to be a fit. I I could make it work i could build stuff and and it was an accomplishment accomplishment for me whether anybody else understood it or not i took right. something and I I, I I made something you know hey you know this, this is neat and it actually works and does something more than it did before when it was in its uh prior status parts or or you know it, it, even if it's a rebuild where i've torn it apart and put it back together again you know no that makes sense my, so, bro- you know, my brother has built cars his whole life and motorcycles and all that stuff, and he always says that it's not a home project, nor was it a good project, if you don't have parts left over. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You know? <laughs> that, that was one of the favorite Xerox guys thing back when, the, when the, all the Xeroxes were huge and everybody was getting their machines repaired is, you know, uh, hey, man, you know, and then somebody would walk by. Uh, as a matter of fact, I think they even, they might have, no, I take it back, they didn't. Um, I was going to say, I thought they referenced it in Rockstar, but that was just him asking about the eyeliner. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, I'm in a band. Right. <laughs> but uh, that was the go-to thing was, you know, hey, man, uh, you know, you got some extra parts there. What are you going to do with them? And, you know, those guys back in the day would just kind of look up kind of deadpan and go, well, uh, keep them in a bucket just in case I need them for something on the truck. Pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> And and just so you know, in case you don't know, most of us drummers, we have buckets and or drawers. <laughs> in my case, I have drawers full of extra parts that I will never, ever, ever, ever need, but I refuse to throw them away. <laughs> Man, I, it, it, <laughs> working, in, working in retail as long as I did, I mean, and, and uh, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll have to give you the bird's eye here in a minute, but um, I literally... Uh, have in my basement. Just use the L word. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Damn it, you didn't um, even do it right. Literally. Literally. There you go. <laughs> um, literally. Uh, there you I, go. Yes. I had ten drum kits in my basement, um, and they're all you know not very expensive kits, but um, just pieces and parts I picked up over the years. And I, I started one, um, and, and I just haven't gotten around to finishing it. And then they you know kind of compiled, but a lot of it came from. I just so happened upon a Craigslist ad of a guy several years ago that had, I mean, a, my minivan full. I had a Mercury Villager full of nothing but drums and parts and cymbals and racks and pedals. Oh, no shit. And I, I, the ad was, you know how they do the ad for a dollar where, you know, oh, well, there's a catch to it. No, I literally paid this guy a dollar, a George Washington dollar. For, Get the fuck out of here. No 
kidding. No kidding. Swear to you. Seriously. Yes. And you have you still have all that stuff? Some of it, yeah. Actually, there's a there's an old uh, I have a, a CB seven hundred uh, International Series with the uh, uh, wristwatch lugs down there that uh, still has the blue plastic on most lugs. That's crazy. Yeah, that's crazy. All right, kids, podcast over. I got to go to Denver's house. See y'all later. <laughs> I've always, uh, I shouldn't say always, I've tried to look for stuff like that, um, and usually I'll see it in guitars or speakers or stereo crap. I very rarely ever find good drum deals like that where I can just go to somebody's house and go, yes, I will take all of that, and then I can figure out what I want and what I don't want later. There was a guy, and I don't know if I've told this story on the show or not, but I'll tell it really fast now. Um, There's a guy years ago, and when I say years ago, I'm talking probably 25 years ago. He was driving by. This neighborhood, I think he was, doesn't matter where he was going, but he was, he drove by a yard sale and they had one drum on a table and it had the mother of oyster pearl. So, and he was a drummer. So of course he stopped and he turned around and he goes, he wanted to get out and see what it was. And the old lady said, yes, I, I have the entire drum set in the basement, but this is, or under the house, but this is what it looks like. He picks it up and it's an, I think it was a 67 or a 66 Ludwig that her husband bought brand new in Chicago. This was in uh, North Carolina where all this happened, but he, her husband bought him in Chicago from the Ludwig factory back in the day in the sixties. So he crawls under the base, under the house to see what's under there. She's got it all wrapped. It's all pristine. It's all in plastic. He pulls all this shit out, gives her 250 bucks for it for years and turns around and sells them for seven grand. Oh, dude, I, I, I literally, and I, I was so I can't sick. can't ever do that. <laughs> well, it, you know, and we've had it happen sometimes when, you know, I've worked in retail. We've had those deals where people walk in the door, you know, and they, I mean, we're fair about it. We say, look, you know, this is what it's worth. But, right. you know, this is this is what we can afford to give you for it because we're not that kind, you know, we're not into that kind of high end stuff. Right. And typically, you know, most of the time, I mean, it's stuff that's got pitting in the metal or something that, you know, it's, it's we're going to have to get re, redone and or try and work it out the best we can and take a discount on it because it's it's not in uh, you know pristine condition right. but you know honestly it, it does happen I mean there was and I, I can't get into the details of it because um, it was kind of a secretive thing uh, the way uh, things happened with it but there was a specific guitar uh, of a very high nomenclature and, and uh, 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 value I don't even know that nomenclature is the right word I'm just throwing stuff out there but i like uh, <laughs> it crash test dummies put that word in a song and it blew my mind anyway go ahead <laughs> but uh this particular guitar ended up selling to todd rundgren for 250 grand um, yeah so Whew. needless to say that yeah in the you know the the guy that owned it was from here he got it as a teenager it, it, it had never been touched um after six months it still had the original strings and hang tags on it was in the case in a condition that people called the the person who listed it, a liar, um, literally just wow. had all kinds of backlash saying there was no way this thing could be in that shape. There wasn't anyone left like that. Um, and it, it, it sold huge. But again, that's a once in a lifetime thing. Most of the oh, stuff that sure. I run across is usually, you know, it's lower end. Like most of these kits, um, you know, I got like an 80s Tama Swingstar down there that's in really rough shape. You know, it's like a Mapex Venus kit that, you know, I'm trying to repaint now doing as a, as a, uh, silver silver sparkle with a with a um, not a really high sheen on it but um, right. i started a while back and just you know i don't have the energy you know to to, to get to finish projects up to why they're not done yet 
Um, but, Fair enough. Uh, you know, honestly, uh, had I, I mean, you know, uh, it'd be nice. Plus, I don't know where all the hardware is. I got to find it again. <laughs> <laughs> it's down there somewhere. Okay. So anyway, back to you. We keep getting sidetracked. We, we keep Probably becoming like as But that's okay. I like it. Um, <laughs> when you, and this is a serious question because I actually don't know the answer to this. When you figured out you were good at it and you could actually do sound for a living, or on the side, either way, which whichever way your brain went, and you can elaborate on it. When did you? When do you think about you figured out? Oh shit, I can actually do this and make money at it and make a career at it. I want to say it was probably in the uh, about '95, um, and that would have put me. Let's see here. Uh, what is that? 2020. So what's that? 25 years ago, I'd have been about 20 years old. Um, so. Or, you know, 25, maybe. I don't know. I can't do math. It's not my thing. Um, math I can, math I is can, hard. <laughs> right? there, there's days I can compute like, a, you know, like nothing else. And today's just not one of those days. <laughs> but, That's okay. you know, I won't hold it against age, you. That, you know, to my early to mid 20s, I, I would say is really when it when it started kicking in and I started buying microphones and cables and mixers. And, you know, it all came to a, to a head from there. Um, those were back in the days where I was known as. MacGyver because my you know thing was because of the mechanical abilities and the you know we were talking about a minute ago is I could about fix anything on the fly and continue get it to get it to work at least through the rest of the gig right I mean, and those those were the days of you know the uh, uh, what's recently been known as Goodwood it used to be barracks back then and uh, you know they they had an old uh, studio master mixer that kept popping fuses on us and I got out a gum wrapper and wrapped it around both sides and, and you know we made it through the rest of the night uh, <laughs> I mean you do what you can you know that, that makes me re- I, that makes me happy well and the fun fix part it with about a it gum is, wrapper there, there are people that, that that was back in the um, they were they originally uh, were called sandbox crisis but they came to be known as crash and that was Wendell Williams uh, in that band along with Tony Clark um, Wendell Williams and, uh, never heard of him yeah, yeah, I don't know who that guy is. Uh, never, never heard don't of even, him. Right, never, I don't even know why I brought him up. <laughs> <laughs> it was just a random name running through my head. <laughs> I, just, it just, I just made me think about it. Um, so um, uh, after Crash um, slash uh, uh, Sandbox Crisis, uh, one of the bands uh, I worked with later was uh, Norman Roxwell. Um uh, and those guys, I, I don't know how they did it. It was it was pretty cool, but their their logo was actually Norman Rockwell doing the painting, but it was all the guys in the background. Oh, the nice! And that cartoon forum that that uh, that that you know made it look neat. That's um, pretty cool. Now, were all those bands from here? Obviously, because you're from here, yeah. right? I didn't even ask you that. Are you you are from here, right? Yes, yes. <laughs> I, I've I've lived in Louisville my entire life, except for uh, a year that I moved down to North Carolina. Um, gotcha. You know, I was did some recording work down there and, and came back. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm actually uh, still to this day, I, we're, we're living in, in uh, my parents' house. Um, you know, we've, we've actually, uh, it's in my brother's name now, but we're still here and kicking and trying to keep the, the dad's investment going. <laughs> nice. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Very cool. Uh, okay. So anyway, back to Norman Rock. That's a cool name. Norman Roxwell. I like that. Yeah. Well, in, in a super great band, I had the, uh, you know, Moving through the career, I've had a, a very good uh, opportunity to 
um, worked with some great bands. Those guys, the, the story with the fix on them is we were doing a show, and I can't remember exactly where it was. I, I believe it was over at Monon Station years ago. Um, but we had a, a speaker cable that was dead in the middle of the show, had a break in the center of it. And right. literally while they're playing, I'm sitting back there at the table. You know, I only had duct tape and a soldering iron and a knife. <laughs> you know, and I'm, I'm cutting the, right, cutting the cable <laughs> apart, you know, the best that I can and stripping it back and, and, and soldering it, you know, and I got it back up and running again. But, the, you know, again, that, that kind of leads to the forte of it is the mechanic part of it, you know, and that's that's where I got that reputation. And, right. Uh, figuring out, figuring, not only figuring out how stuff works, but figuring out how to fix it. Right. Because it was, See, that's always necessity. been my biggest, huh? I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, it's, it, it's, it's an absolute necessity in this business. If you're going to, if you're going to stay in it for the long haul, you have to know how to troubleshoot and you have to know how to repair. Oh, absolutely. I was, what I was going to say is that's always been my biggest downfall. I know when something's wrong, I never know how to fix it. I don't know how to solve the issue on a lot of stuff. Oh, there's some stuff that I'm completely cool with. Um, anything drum related, drum wise, yes, I can, right. I can solve any of those issues. I can tear a pedal down and repair it and all that bullshit. But there's a lot of stuff, especially on the the electronical electronical. That's not even a damn word. On the electric <laughs> side and on the sound side and and running boards and stuff like I just, I don't have a clue. I'm so clueless. It's not even funny. Well, you know, and honestly, I mean, like you're you're going to know more so in the woodworking side of it because, you know, the bearing edges and, uh, you know, how, how things work in that as far as being able to drill and remount or, you know, repair, those those ideas are going to come into play more so. Oh, and it, oh for sure. You know, and I've had to do that same thing too between, you know, working in the store, working on guitars, you know, and different instruments, drums, etc. You know, but that also played into it as well as working in retail. You know, we did a lot of, uh, of uh, repairs and, you know, even if they were minor, just replacing, you know, a jack on a guitar or putting pickups in, something like that. It, it right. all kind of played into it. So um, I think from there that also helped me get out into the public and, you know, get people to know me and, and uh, working with musicians overall. Uh, as a matter of fact, my first gig um, was with a band with Greg White. Um, and I want to say that band was called uh, Rendered Unconscious. Um, and I sold them the PA that they were using and their guitar player, uh, Rick came back to me and said, okay, you sold it to us. We don't know how to work it. You have to learn how to run it and come out. And that was the start of my career. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Hey, thanks for selling us this. Now come run it for us. Cause we don't know what the hell we're doing. <laughs> oh, it was, it was, it was a nightmare. I was on the phone to Jeff in a panic, you know, just, it won't stop feeding back. Oh my God, what are we going to do? You know, so like he comes <laughs> running out like 11 o'clock on a Friday night at, at Louisville pizza company when they were at the little one uh, over there on uh, Taylorsville, uh, not far off of Breckenridge gotcha. and he came in and helped me out. And then from there, it just, it, it, it went, you know, uh, scary situation, but you know, it, it, it was, it was the start of something nice, you know, man, we, we all have a starting place. Trust me. I've, I've talked about my, train wrecks and shit shows on my podcast and man, wrote about it in my book and everybody knows and i have plenty of fodder to be to to have thrown at me because i've done my share of shit um so you figured out it was kind of in your 20s and or, or mid early mid 20s when you started doing it did you do what you do now where you do a lot of more freelancing or what did you work with per se one band in particular you know uh i i did for a bit, uh, I used to work with a dance band years ago. As a matter of fact, the uh, the woman that sang in that band, she and I 
were in a relationship for a while. Gotcha. Um, and I, you know, I stayed with them for uh, a bit until the band kind of disbanded. And, you know, it, it, that band had been going since the seventies. I was only with them for maybe a year or two at most. Right. Um, and the one thing that I found is, is honestly, I don't mind working with a steady band. Um, I kind of enjoy it, but at the same time, you know, it's one of the reasons I haven't taken on a full-time gig with a church or, or a, a nightclub is I like to move. I don't like right. being in the same place all the time. And I like to experience, you know, you can, you can do, you know, the different uh, music, but, you know, I, I like a wider variety. I just, I, I don't like being uh, wrangled into one place at, all the time. You know, it just, right. for whatever reason, it just doesn't appeal to me. No, that um, makes sense. Because I, I don't know if it's, I don't really particularly I'm not all about the throw and go of PA uh, in right. situations that we do it in, because uh, some days it can it can be a bit much, you know. Um, but it, it's it's more of just you know getting to see different places and and be around different people sometimes, and and you know you don't get that in a, in a uh, typically in a a uh, fixed location, you know. Right. No, no, no. That that makes complete sense. Now, at any time, did you? Or at any time in since you started this whole thing, did you ever do any tours with anybody, or was it just m mostly local stuff? Uh, you know, honestly, I, I didn't do a lot of traveling. Um, I did do uh, I did a gig in the Bahamas with Grindstone back in 2006, a uh, private event. Um, one of the ladies that's been in the industry for for a bit uh, doing promotions, uh, her husband's uh, birthday party, uh, and they hired us because you know her and the, the singer of the band were um, they used to work together. And right. uh, so they had, they had us come down. I did do that. Um, I bet I've that done... gig didn't suck. <laughs> well, you know, honestly, no, not at all. I mean, uh, dude, I was, I was on the third floor balcony room, uh, overlooking the Marina in the Bahamas on where all the stars parked their boats. So no, nice. not at all. You yeah. Know? No, that doesn't suck at all. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> but, uh, you know, and it was, it was a good gig. Um, yeah. Weather kind of hit us a little bit, um, but you know nothing major. Uh, the the room right. we were in was uh, was primarily plexiglass garage doors uh, <laughs> during the event. <laughs> wow, I bet that um, sounded amazing. <laughs> oh, dude. Well, and honestly, the crazier part about it was the PA wasn't bad, uh, but you know I forwarded you know needs stuff that we couldn't pull out and travel with, and uh, you know we got there and the drum kit was just hideous. I mean, like it was. You know, like was it a, was get. it a backline kit? Not even of not even of that quality. It, it had the you know like. The... <laughs> no, I was gonna say, was it a backline kit? I was gonna wait for you to say yes so I could say, shocker, it sucked. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it it was. It came from the production company. Everything that they provided, but like I forwarded, you know, I needed a Marshall or a bass or something with high gain because these guys were doing you know harder rock, right. and you know it was a Behringer bass rig. We can live with that. It's no not that big of a deal. And then we get there, and the drum kit is um, about a $200 drum kit. Oh, yikes. And I'm looking at this, and my drummer is Kevin Davidson. So if you know Kevin very well at all. Um, Actually, I don't know if I know him at all, honestly. Grindstone. I know, I know. Vaguely. Remember, I'm not from here. People sometimes right, right. forget because I've been here so damn long. I didn't get right, here till right. 2007. I do remember Grindstone. I don't know if I know anybody personally in that band, and that drummer's name does not ring a bell. That doesn't mean I've never seen him or I haven't seen him on Facebook or, or something like that, but I don't, I don't think I know him. All right, so 
put the two of us together and add another person, you've got Kevin. Oh, so, okay. Yeah, he a big boy, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but he's. I mean, it's not like. I mean, he's not like grossly overweight. The guys, you know, he's he's a, works as a contractor for a living. I mean, he's he's a, he's he's a stout fella. Right. Um, and I literally, I ended up with a bad mic cable during sound check, and I literally had to wrap it around the spurs on the kit and tie it to the garage door to keep it from walking off. Ugh. So, yeah. And, I hate and we, those kind of drum kits. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, and not only that, uh, the bass player brought his effects pedal, which he planned on using for his, you know, for his parts of the songs. Right. I had to, I, I had to commandeer it because the guitar amp they sent me was a Roland jazz chorus, uh, which has no distortion on it or very little. And, you know, uh, these guys are playing disturbed. So uh, we had to commandeer it and I had to set up a couple of patches for uh, clean and dirty on that thing and just make it through. <laughs> All right, boys, let's do the lounge version of disturbed. <laughs> <laughs> let's go Richard cheese. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's pretty damn funny. So you primarily work for yourself now, or are you part of a company or did you start a company? Because again, that's some of the stuff about you that I just, I genuinely don't know. I mean, I know you're freelance and I know you do a bunch of stuff, but is it just you or are you with a company or what? Well, and and here's the thing is, you know, um, is this a tricky question? (laughs) It it, it, it kind of is. I'm going to delve back a little bit here and I don't want to harp on the subject much. No, you're fine, man. Take all the time Um, you want. But I found out in, uh, I want to say it was August of 2016, I have a rare form of migraine called hemiplegic migraines, and I've had it my entire life. Um, what it is, is it basically is my brain, uh, much like epilepsy, there's a wave in my brain, and it will start at the back, and it will start to shut things down or cause them to malfunction, um, usually based right. on certain triggers. Um, and I found that um, as I'm getting older that I have no and I don't think I ever did have much uh, of a of a coping mechanism for stress. Um, and right. when I don't sleep, it makes it worse. Well, in, in doing so, I've had to kind of limit the amount of work that I take on and basically keep it down to part-time. And, and now I've gotten to the point where I keep a uh, partner on hand, particularly one that's, that's – uh, 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 technically gifted and can step into my spot when I when I need to take a day or something happens and we split off and do two different gigs. It works out better. Uh, it works out better to have someone who's who's been there as backup. And I've done it for years with trying to pull in other engineers, but we stay so busy because there's kind of a limited amount of us that really truly know what we're doing in this town. Right. Um, right. Also, the reason I got back into it um, when I did get sick, you know, and, and couldn't hold down a, a full time job. Um, the, that was one of the, uh, the ideas, but you know, it's better for me now because, um, I, I, have been, I've been blessed to come into contact with a fellow that's been around for a long time, um, just in months. And, um, he, you know, I've known him since he was a, a young man coming into the store and having us work on his guitars and Terry Harper actually recommended that the two of us get together because he was trying to make a transition from recording into live. And, uh, I, I really needed to have somebody, uh, now that my brother is able to do it anymore, um, work with me to provide that support that I needed for the, for, you know, to learn and, and, and actually pass on some of that knowledge. Uh, and also to, to basically be the, 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 I, I I'm, I'm lacking a really good term because the guy's such a great dude. I mean, like I, I, I couldn't have asked for anybody better. Um, right. What's his name again? Justin Muncy. 
Justin Monty. Okay, gotcha. Um, on Facebook, you know him as Max Klinger. Mm, I love <laughs> Max. <laughs> I didn't realize that's who you were talking about. Yes, uh, and that's the thing is he doesn't you know openly put that profile out there. He's you know it's it's a it's a thing with him. He's Mash is very near and dear to him, um, and that that was his thing. But he is. He's he's a super great dude. Um, yes, you know, he is. Like, uh, you know, I thank the world and all of him. I've been really blessed to have him as as a business partner. And um, nice. You know, honestly, you know, we're before this thing was shutting down from coronavirus, we were really on a kind of a leap. Uh, we were about to start taking off and, and start hitting it hard and, and, and getting a lot of business right. in. And you know, uh, get, getting some of my clients back that I've had that I've lost here and there, but. Uh, honestly, I mean, it, it's, it's, the guy's been absolutely phenomenal. And, uh, you know, I, I, I really do, uh, hold him in a high status, um, because of exactly how cool he is, you know, he's, a, he's a good dude. I'll tell you a story. I don't know if you know this or not. And I'm almost positive. I've never told this on the show. Uh, one of the, I guess it was a couple of years ago. It doesn't matter when my timeline memory blows. Everybody knows that. Uh, gas money was up at, uh, we were in Georgetown, Indiana at a venue called the ticket. Um, what is that noise? Uh, that might be the air conditioner. Uh, ah, that's what that is. Okay. Uh, I might need to move. Uh, give me just a second. Let me try oh, to find good. a little bit quieter spot. Um, no, you're good. But, uh, you know, uh, that's the ticket. Yep. I uh, was okay. supposed to do a gig there a couple of weeks ago. Uh, let me shut back off. Okay, good. All right. <laughs> I'll make a run for it and it stops. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, it kept coming on and I was, what is that? Okay, so anyway. So a couple of years ago, everybody knows my timeline memory blows. Uh, we Gas Money was booked there. Um, nice room that it's a it's it's a large room it's it's up in georgetown and it's everybody that works there is really cool so i'm not it has no bearing on the venue whatsoever however when we get there we show up everybody knows i show up first and the rest of the band gets there and we're all set up and we're ready and we're standing around with our thumb up our ass waiting for the sound guy there's no sound guy yeah i'm talking to the owner and he's well i didn't book a sound guy what the fuck you mean you didn't book a sound guy I, we can't run ourselves, especially in this room, because it's so big and the soundboard is 150 feet away from the stage. Impossible. And not to mention, we're all dumb. We're, we just play. We're not, we don't know how to run sound. So I, I texted David uh, David Payne, who owned uh, Little Music Studios at the time, and I, I texted Max and Justin. And I, I'm, t- I'm texting all these people. Justin and David both flew up there to Georgetown and ran our show that night and saved our ass. Oh yeah, yeah, it was yeah. awesome. That, you know, and that's the thing is, I mean, I, I've, I don't have to worry about him, man. He's solid, you know. Oh, he's I such a good. Him, dude. So, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and honestly, like I said, again, I, you know, I, I can't even describe how blessed I am to be to be able to work with him. Um, you know, it, it's been a really good partnership and, and we, we kind of fell into some dumb luck on a few things. Um, right. the, the, the up of it was, was we, you know, we kind of needed to have our own rig. We, you know, I had part, he had part, you know, and then we, what we didn't have, um, we actually got on Sweetwater, which I don't know if I want to, you know, if that's okay to say that or whatever, but, oh, yeah, I don't um, care. we, we, we I have no getting... regulations. That's why I can right, say fuck right. and not feel bad about it. <laughs> 
we, we got a small JBL powered rig that would fit in a uh, Nissan Sentra because that's all we had to haul it in at the time. And, um, nice. it, you know, for like 80 bucks a month on financing. So, you know, it, it's, 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 it serves us well. We've done, uh, Derby city gaming with it multiple times. We've done, um, nice. you know, we did O'Shea's for a private party and, and with one 15 inch subwoofer, which is one of their upper lines, we're shaking bottles on, on the bar upstairs from the basement. <laughs> nice. I like it. I like so, it. It's, it's been a, like I said, everything's, it, you know, it, it's, you, you find those times and you, you've been through them too, where you, you come together with the people that, that really push you even further than what you were going to go. And, oh, and for sure. you know, this, this is that situation, you know? And um, I think it should always be like that. You should always try to work with people that are going to better you. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And that doesn't yeah. mean that you suck or I suck. It has nothing to do with that. But you should always try to surround yourself with people that are going to better you, or at least push you. One of the two. Right. Well, you know, and honestly, I, I was in a previous situation with a fella, and and we we kind of fell apart. And I'm not going to say it was his fault at all. It was pretty much my decision. But I, um, I got sick. I missed a gig, and it was a pretty important one. And I, I, you know, I since talked to the artist he and i are you know we're we're on good terms man he still calls me to do gigs with him but right um you know it it was at that point i realized that i needed to make some changes um it wasn't anybody's fault um i had to do the things that i needed to do to put me in a place where i wasn't going to be in that position again because as right. you well know you miss too many shows you know it, it's you know i'm not george jones they're, they're not going to accept it and keep moving they're you know i'm going to start losing clients oh so, absolutely for sure um and honestly, that's that's you know that's what really, uh, with with doing the changeover at the time that we did it and getting back into it and having to rebuild, that's where COVID really kicked us in the knee um, because we were right at that point where at the turning point we'd hit festival season it was starting to kick up and boom we lost our entire influx. Yep, I I I agree uh, and understand and empathize and sympathize in those last two things I usually don't do for anybody. Um, but because I don't know if, if you're caught up on any of the things that I've posted in the past couple of weeks, which uh, doesn't even matter because by the time this post, it'll be a couple of weeks after we record this. But point is, about a month and a half ago, my wife and I both left our full-time jobs to go back in the restaurant industry full-time. Oh, wow. So not only are we screwed on that, obviously all my gigs got canceled. So we're screwed on that too. So the, the timing of, of all this couldn't be worse. However, all that being said, it, at least for myself and Stacy, neither one of us are mad about anything. Um, thankfully, we're, we're responsible adults and we're smart with shit. Um, right. But we're not mad. We're not pissed off we're not being all shitty about it because there's literally nothing you can do about it <laughs> but all that aside i understand exactly what you're talking about it does suck the timing of it especially for you and for you and justin is just shitty oh yeah and you know and honestly i mean like uh, with, with being sick i didn't have a lot of savings um i went from making i was working in printing making um 800 you know six eight hundred bucks a week up to a grand even some weeks i was making twelve hundred dollars you know and i'd I, in a very short period of time, became a very uh, uh, valuable piece to a lot of companies in the printing industry just because of uh, my ability to run machines and understand the machines and, and repair them and such, um, and, you know, all from my background in mechanics. But right. at the same time, you know, when, you know, my brain malfunctions and I can't, you know, I end up being two hours late for work and can't tell you where I've been, 
uh, that became a kind of a problem, of, of course, you know. And then, yep, I can see uh, that. <laughs> yeah. Well, and what's worse is this this illness mimics so many other things that it's hard to diagnose. And I really, literally didn't literally uh, didn't get a, right. a diagnosis until this past July. I mean, they had hinted at it before, but nobody wanted to buy in. And finally, I, I found a neurologist and said, "Look, you know, I agree with you. I, I, I think this is what we're, you know, I'm going to call it this um, until we, you know, figure out that it's different." But I'm 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 a hundred, you know, I'm ninety four point three percent on board with you. So I'm like, all right, I, I'll, I'll take it. Gotcha. Um, but you know, and, and like I said, I don't want to harp on the subject much, but it just it put a dent in, in finances. And, um, you know, even with the stuff that I've got sitting around, like it's, you know, I can start on a project, but God knows when I'm going to be able to finish it. Um, you know, right. and I've tried to take some stuff on um, and, and work as much as I can. But, you know, there's just days it just doesn't happen. Um, so uh, trying to keep this moving and, and, and going forward um, again, you know, it's been nice to have somebody around. But I think. Um, in, in the idea of, uh, of invention. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I'm, I'm going to backtrack a sec here. I, I was getting off point there. Um, <laughs> Shiny. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, 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 right. That's the other problem. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, in, in that stead in the last couple of weeks, I had a really rough week last week. I got on, I posted about it and I typically, I'm not a guy who, you know, I mean, you know, even though you and I, are, you know, don't hang out every day, you know me. I, I I might be a little frustrated here and there. I don't typically show it outwardly. Right. Um. I I usually keep that stuff in. I'm fairly happy. I don't get disgusted. You know, like unless it's something that I just I know it's something I can fix that I can't do anything about at that moment. Right. Um. But I I, I try and keep a you know a cheerful outlook for the most part and be be optimistic and 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 push people to in a positive way. I just had it last week. <laughs> I mean, I was, you know, and if it hadn't been for, for certain people stepping up, man, I mean, like I had, uh, you know, and I, I this is where I that point fingers and name names. Um, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, dude, uh, you know, I, I um, you know, he approached me and said, Hey man, I, you know, I, I mean, I didn't even know what he was doing, uh, as far as, is, is what he originally approached me about, but, I, I don't know that he meant that to be, you know, out in the public or whatever, because, you know, it was it was a transaction between the two of us. And and um, I think for for the sake of trying to um, save me a little bit of face and in, in, in the fact that I was frustrated and, and, and was having a hard time financially that he didn't want to, you know, maybe broadcast that. But I mean, dude, I mean, him, uh, you know, some of the money he's collected, he sent me some money, he sent me money, you know, like, uh, and, you know, and it's they're just what they, you know, I mean, like. Um, I've right. had offers from other people, you know, buddies that work with, they've all stepped in and said, Hey man, can we give, give a hand, you know, sent me money, you know I mean? Like, but it's because I've worked with these guys and, and this is what I was kind of getting at earlier with when you get to the point where you work with artists and, and, you know, you've, you've been around for so long that, you know, you make these friends and, and, right. you know, they, they, they come to your, to your rescue when you, when you need them, you know, you, you help them, they help you, you know, it, it's, it's a, and, and even beyond that, they're just good people. They're good hearted people who oh, for don't sure. want to see, they don't want to see a struggle. You know, no. they, they're, they know what we're going through. They're, they're in a position where they can, uh, or, or find a way to help. And, and they, they really truly do, um, you know, pay it forward and, and, um, in a big way. And it's something that's very, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, unselfish. I, 
Well, I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I think I was trying. I was trying to. Uh, they put others before themselves by far. You know, I, I, I think that's what I was trying to get to. Yeah, and unselfish fits that description very much. Right. Um, but you know, it, you know, and I'm sure if 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 you guys were in a way that that you needed help, I mean, that would be absolutely. They would jump right up and, and say, "Hey, man, you know." And that's the beauty of this community and and, and being in it is that. Um, it, sometimes it doesn't matter if they know you or not, you know, people are willing to step up and, and lend a hand and do what needs to be done to help somebody out, you know? Oh, for sure. I've, I've had, well, since all this started, I've, I've had a lot of people reach out to me and I've reached out to a lot of people. Um, and it's, it's cool to see who, who is selfless and, and who it, it will surprise you. And I'm not going to name names, even though I'm known for that. And I'm known for throwing people under the bus. Um, but as far as this kind of thing, I won't name anybody other than Sean Wallace. Cause we already talked about that. Um, right. But there was a lot of people that reached out to me that, that shocked the shit out of me that I didn't think even, I hate to use the word. I didn't know they were, they cared about, I didn't know they liked me. I hate to say that shit, but you know what I'm saying? I didn't know they, they viewed me in that way or they had enough, thought about me to, to give me a call and say, Hey, are you all right? So that was really, really cool. And I got the same reciprocation from a couple of people that I reached out to. They were like, dude, I didn't even know you knew I existed more. Of fucking course. I know you exist. You moron. Now right. do you need anything? <laughs> well, you know, and, and that's the thing is, I mean, that that's the one thing that Facebook gave us. Sorry. Oop, I think I just stepped on a cord, but <laughs> I'm tripping over my own two headphones. Um, but, you know, honestly, um, I feel like that's, you know, in some ways that's where Facebook has helped us a little bit because we can kind of sit back from from afar and you don't necessarily need to know that we're there to know that we've got you. You know what I'm saying? Right. Absolutely. So, you know, and it, and even at that, we kind of did that back in the day anyway. We, you know, you might, you might see us pop up in a show and not stay because we've got other things going on. But at the same time, we were there because we were checking in, you know, or we oh, for sure. to see, you know, see how you were doing or, or whatever the case may be, you know. For sure. And by the way, uh, public service announcement, when this is all over, if any of you motherfuckers don't go to shows, I'm, <laughs> I'm cutting all your fucking kneecaps. I'm just telling you right now, I'm going to everybody's show. <laughs> well, it, it, and here's the thing is I think that honestly, there's going to be, you know, everybody expects this huge rush and I think it'll be there. But in with, you know, kind of what Sean's been saying over the last, you know, a couple of uh, podcasts and, and different things he's done um, is, you know, I, I feel like the ones that are, they're going to survive this, um, you know, one, you know, it, it, it might hurt your pride a little, but if you want them to survive, you might have to take a little bit of a pay cut. Um, oh, for sure. I agree with know, that. And, and that depends on what you, you work out with the bar because, you know, you, you, you know, we've all, we're all going through it right now. Mm -hmm. You can either be understanding or you can be demanding and you can help, you know, in the process for some of these folks. Um, oh, for sure. But at the same time, even in the larger venues, their their budgets are shot too. So, oh yeah, um, you know, I, I feel like there'll be a rush at the beginning on the uh, on the uh, bands that are a little bit lower on the scale uh, to get them in there, just so there's entertainment. Um, and then they they're going to have to work their way back up to paying a larger scale band, unless it's you know like country club gigs or something um, of that nature that you know there's the there's the uh, money to support it. Um, right. you know, and I'm not trying to, you know, out anybody or, you know, point fingers or, or, you know, make a run on the, on the, those facilities. But, you know, just as in, in my head, you know, um, if you've got the money to be in a country club, you probably got a few extra bucks to pay a man, you know, I mean, <laughs> you know, so, um, 
and honestly, even those folks are hurting because they're service industry too, uh, yep. on, on one side of it. And they're also, uh, their, their businesses are determined by, you know, membership fees and things that people may have lost because now even in some of these industries where they usually pay good money, um, their businesses are shut down because they're considered non-essential. Yep. Now it's, it's, it's a shitty time and it, and it sucks and, and we'll definitely get through it. But I think, I think one of the things that, I guess because I'm in both, meaning I'm a musician and I'm a, um, in the service industry, I'll just lump all of that together. I think there's going to be a lot of, and I don't think I don't, I honestly don't think anybody will have a problem with it. But I think there's going to be a lot of, okay, we're back at the bottom rung. Let's do what we need to do. Swallow the pride. Do some shit for free. Do some shit for low amount of money till we work our way back up. And I don't really foresee anybody having a huge problem with that. I re- I just don't. I don't see it becoming an issue. Well, and, and here's the thing, too, is I, I feel like, and granted, I, I'm, I'm kind of a, maybe I'm being a little bit of a jerk about this when I say this, but in some cases, the market has become extremely flooded with new bands. Uh, oh, for sure. I'm, I'm not against a new band because I think that there needs to be some breakup in the monotony of the same old faces being around. Don't get me wrong. Um, right. And we're, we're kind of on a capped limit of what we can make as far as, you know, until we get into the private sector, um, you know, and, and, and big parties and things of that nature, the people that can they can uh, get the budgets together to do that or sponsors together to do that. Um, I think that some of these uh, smaller, newer bands are, are, again, they may not keep, you know, keep it together. Um, and I think it'll eliminate some of the overcrowding and undercharging of bands that just don't know better. You know, um, I, I will. I would agree with that. That that hasn't been as far as the stuff I've done since we've been in quarantine. That hasn't been brought up, but that is a good point. I do agree with that. Right. Well, you know, and it, it's it's all a paradigm shift. I mean, especially right now too, is either those bands are gonna. It's just like anything else. They're gonna evolve and change into better bands uh, because they've got the time to rehearse now, and and, and they're you know going to become tighter, um, or um, they're not going to practice and they're not going to have it together and they're not going to pull it together and be able to to. Uh, go the long haul, you know, right. which, which was a very good point that Sean brought up the other day. I, I, I kind of referencing quite a bit because the guy had some genius things to say. And, and, and quite honestly, you know, I, I, I've not, I don't really know him. Um, uh, oh, he's a but, super smart dude. He's, he's a lot smarter than people even not even give him credit for, but just even thought about. Oh yeah. 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 Well, and, you know, and, and quite honestly, I, I, I listened very intently to what he had to say the other day and, and messaged him after and thanked him for the advice that he gave because it was, it was genuinely, you know, basically he just, he just gave the keys to the kingdom out and didn't charge anybody a dime for it. You know? Right. Absolutely. But, you know, I mean, honestly, man, like, uh, kind of getting, kind of getting back to it. Um, you know, this is, this is, uh, uh, this is a time for invention. You know, uh, in necessity. I mean, like, you know, regardless of what you're doing, I've I, before even the the COVID strike happened um, to supplement income and the changeover, I was doing scrap metal. Um, so, you know, I've been trying to find copper and brass and, and uh, aluminum, anything I can get my hands on to run down to the scrapyard just to to supplement what we weren't making. You know, with starting the new business. Right. Um, and I think even with that, not just supplementing money. Uh, um, you know, everybody's going to uh, live streaming and a lot of other options that I think are viable um, and may even go forward in a different frame um, as we come out of this and, and move on. Uh, right. Because, again, too, 
when we get to the when we get to the open gate on this, yeah, there'll be a little bit of a flood, but people are still going to be scared. You know, they're not oh, going to sure. run run right out. You know, people aren't just, aren't going to run back to their jobs if they have a potential risk, or you know, they there there's still going to be a bit of hesitance, and it's probably going to take a good while before we get back to normal functioning. You know, oh, um, I agree. And, and with that being said, that will lead us to uh, you know better ideas and, and, and ways to, to handle all of it, to keep us all moving, you know? Right. And I think one of the other things is, um, and this is just my twisted opinion or it's a good opinion. I don't know, whatever. Uh, I, I think that there's going to be a lot less assholes. You know, yeah, I, here's the Let thing. Let me that rephrase that. Wait, wait, hang on. <laughs> I wish, I hope there will be a lot less assholes. <laughs> I, I think, and I would love to see, and, and, and the thing that this is bringing about um, is, and, you know, and I've been a huge fan of this for a long time, is, you know, I grew up in a time where my parents, you know, they they, they worked hard, um, they they did what they could, but, you know, they had three boys, they didn't make a lot of money, so, you know, we, we were, did hand-me-downs, and my mom's, you know, she she was, uh, she could run a sewing machine like a champ and crochet and, you know, you know, do these things, and my dad would work on uh, lawnmowers when he wasn't at work and, you know, fix uh, mini bikes and, and, you know, do electronics, things of that nature to pull an extra income. Uh, and, and they kept us going. But right. the one thing that they always did was on a Sunday night, we'd sit down in the basement and we'd watch Disney, you know, and eat donuts. And, you know, it was always, there was always time carved out, um, you know, with them right. uh, to make sure that they spent time with us. Uh, and they gardened, you know, they, they got us involved in that, you know, and, and, you know, my dad worked with my brother to teach him how to work on the lawnmowers, um, which he was infinitely crazy about since a very young age. You know, his, his favorite thing was he'd see my grandpa out and he used to grandpa used to take care of the, the church that they went to. He did their uh, some of their gardening and, you know, he'd go run four years old. He'd go running after him on more on more, you know, so <laughs> <laughs> it was set in stone from then on. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> right. <laughs> But you know, this is a um, this is a good time for people to to figure out that you know what they've been missing out on. You know, uh, a lot of the long hours working jobs just to make money. So uh, you know, you can put your kids into uh, um, a program to learn how to do something that you can't spend time with them doing. You know, right. um, and, and and it sucks. You know that to to get the brass ring, you have to work that hard anymore. Um, it seems like it was a lot easier and we had a lot more going for us, you know, 20 years ago than we did now, or actually even probably closer to 30 or 35 years ago. But, right. you know, it, it's, it's just, it's become to that. And, and which is another subject I wanted to approach is, you know, um, I've had, and I, I, I'm no, I'm no Freud by any means, but in part of what I've, I've been able to achieve and what I do, and it, and it goes to, um, uh, paying attention to your clients and, and seeing how they're, uh, functioning when they're when they're trying to work um, is is the psychology of it all Um, and it's not something people talk about much in our industry is is the the mindset that goes into it you know it's kind of always been a you're you're an alpha or you're not but that's not necessarily true Um, the the bad part about it is you know a lot of the kids that get into uh, band programs and, and and not just with that with athletics and a lot of other entertaining um entertainment venues uh avenues i guess is the word i'm looking for um right. you know is they start these things when they're very young it, sometimes you know hopefully not all the time but in, in you know a few instances that we see you know they they have an underlying problem 
and they get they get put into a sport or an activity and it never gets dealt with and when they get to a point where they've driven all that uh, frustration or whatever they have that's underlying into being this phenomenal uh, talent they they implode when they get to the top and you know you see uh, behavior that's uh, unbecoming someone of a, in a in a uh, what's the word for it in a uh, stature of being in that, at that level you know right you, you don't and, and it's the sad part about it is you know this will actually being home you know will help kind of get the attention on the kids you know not saying that parents are in general all bad or you know all but you know this if, if anything that that happens it's a good opportunity now to catch it early um and oh i to, agree to, you know that's part that's part of the reason why i stopped teaching a couple of years ago Right. And I, I've made it public. It's not. It's not a secret. I just. I got burned out. And listen, if I'm arguing with a seven-year-old, I'm an idiot. I understand this. However, there's no part of my brain that should ever make me feel like I need to argue with a seven-year-old. You're seven. I'm ancient. Do what the fuck I tell you to do. Right. Right. Well, so you know, it, it, they're, they're, I didn't mean to cut you off. They, they no, might. No, no, there might be a a, a good. Uh, Stacy told me the other day that that the Earth and Mother Nature just said you fuckers need to go to your room and think about what you've done, yes. and give give us a little bit of a reset. And uh, there's there's probably going to be some some nice changes on the other side of this, and there might be some shitty ones. There's human humans as 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 a species are pretty shitty by nature, but anyway, there, I, I think there'll be more positives than negatives. Well, you know, and honestly, hopefully we can come together. But I mean, the, the, the one thing that kind of struck when you said, I hope there's there's not uh, any assholes when this is all said and done. You're still going to have those people that are currently hoarding toilet paper and, oh, for and, sure. and sanitizer and trying to sell it for, for 50 sure. bucks a roll or a bottle. And, and they're, you know, they're cheating, you know, the elderly out of an opportunity. Oh, for sure. Know, that, but that I, but those, I do I do think and there's a part of me that thinks that in most people that know me personally know that or know me well i should say i'm a realist stacy used to call me a, a pessimist and once she figured out the way i think she goes now you're actually a realist i look at things in reality so the only reason i say that is because this is actually an optimistic thought process i oh, yeah i would hope and i would think that there's the asshole count would go down. There's always going to be those people. There's always going to be that guy or that girl. That's just, you're never going to get away from that. But I, I guess the optimistic side of me, which is very small, I freely admit it. I, I think that there will be a, a little bit of a less count on those because people are going to go, Oh shit, my life could just ended as I knew it. Wow. Maybe I should stop being this way, or maybe I should stop doing that. That's just my little optimistic thought about it. Well, and, and honestly, man, I, I, I am typically the guy who is uh, naive to a fault um, and who, who believes that there's good in everybody. Um, and, and, you know. Oh, I don't. And, <laughs> yeah, but that, that's part of that New York in you. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. you know, I, that, you know, I think that's, you know, the way my parents raised us. And, and um, you know, it, 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 it's in a way my, you know, though I wasn't. Granted, I know this is not a subject that you like to discuss, um, but just just as a quick reference, um, you know they were they were big churchgoers. Um, mm -hmm. I it didn't really fit my profile. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I had some experiences when I was younger that kind of turned me against the whole thing, and and uh, nothing right. nothing you know 
overly weird, just some some bad run-ins with folks that I thought should have been more, um, you know, even at five and six years old, thought should have been more responsible in how they acted than they were. And it kind of ruined right. the whole thing for me. So, no, I get that. Um, but, you know, at the same time, it didn't stop that, that overall um, mentality from taking hold that, you know, there, there's a, there's a, I guess if you sit back and, 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 and take a minute, take a breath, that there's not a better way forward, you know? Um, gotcha. You know, and, and that's 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 where, you know, again, it, it plays into how everything works now and the people that are around me, the people that I get to work with, um, you know, primarily we're all of the same mindset. We don't want to put up with nonsense. We are we're we have yeah, made our way. We, we have our name and we, uh, you know, we have done everything we can to try and surround ourselves with uh, wonderful folks that, that get it, you know. Right. I'm, I'm the same way. I don't I don't have time for that shit. I just yeah. <laughs> I've worked hard enough to get where I am. I'm not going to shit anybody over anything. Uh, I'm not going to screw anybody over, but at the same time, don't, don't waste my time. Don't insult my intelligence and don't be an asshole. Just don't. Right. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so, <laughs> so be, because of what's going on right now, I'm going to ask you this one last question and then we're going to get out of here. Where okay. can everybody find you and Justin? So when this is over, we can, and I say we, because I'm going to need you guys too. Where we can find you guys to hire you for for stuff. Well, we haven't developed the page yet. I, I have some ideas. Oh um, damn it, Denver! Well, and the, and the reason I'm is just because you know, <laughs> we, we we literally just started up in October, so um, you know we've had a few months just to try and get clients in. But we were kind of thinking about a name. I believe we're going to go with Sweaty Yeti Audio um, because it's just fun to say for one. <laughs> <laughs> I got nothing. <laughs> I well, and I like dude, it. wait till I, I, I shoot you the image that I'm buying because it's, 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 you'll love it. You really will. It's going to go on hats, t-shirts, the whole thing. Once we get the, get the funding together, we'll, we'll have a few of those out there and, and, and give them away to some folks and, and, nice. uh, you know, make it happen. Nice. Okay. Well, since you don't have a collective page, where can people find you? Uh, you can actually call me if you want. I'll put my number out there. Uh oh, uh, it's five. Z <laughs> or, okay. Yeah. So maybe I should not. <laughs> well, <laughs> but let's uh, not I'm do on that. Facebook. Let's, let's be safe and not do that. <laughs> right. Uh, you can find either of us on Facebook. Uh, hit us up through Messenger. Um, you know, uh, Max Klinger on Facebook or uh, Denver or under uh, D E N V E R, just like the city, not the state, as some people say. Um, <laughs> last names. Yes. <laughs> Denver, lock the state. You, you have no idea how many times I've actually heard that and had to just stand there and just chuckle and, and just walk away. Um, I, I do. My last name's O'Reilly. Nothing surprises me. Right, right, right. I, dude, I, you know. It, Don't even you sing the talk, jingle. I'll hang up on no, you, motherfucker. I, I, I know. But when I say your last name, I get it. I get it. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> you, you're, you're not even there and it still happens. I know. It's just bad. Anyway, sorry. Denver, <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> or render. It's or under. O R R E N D E R. It's like surrender, except you take the S U off the front and you add an O to it. Nice. So, but that's what you are on Facebook, right? Yes. Denver are you R are you on Instagram or Twitter or anything? Uh man, Twitter's not really my thing. I'm on Instagram, but not very much. You know, mostly I'm on Facebook and Messenger, and, and typically because you know it, I'm trying to move stuff and. and, uh, and 
mostly uh, Facebook Marketplace. I've been trying to sell stuff for other people that are, you know, gotcha. fans that I'm working with that have goals that, you know, I'm just trying to help them out at the moment. I'm not trying to make it, uh, you know, a dollar, maybe a little bit of gas money back, but at the same time, you know, it's where the mass of my audience is. So, uh, right. you know, I, I thought about maybe doing a YouTube channel, but, you know, you know. <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> I, I'm I like sorry I didn't express uh, enough disgust about that. <laughs> no, that was good though. I, I, I've never, I, I've never heard it put so eloquently. You know, I thought about it, but and then your mouth just stops moving. I like it. I mean, I'm stealing that. I'm, I'm telling you right now, I'm stealing that. Just, <laughs> just words, ugh, words, just in letters, just melted. Right. I, I dig it. <laughs> It turned from a functioning piece of human to a Jackson Pollock painting like that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, dude, I appreciate the time. Is there anything else that you uh, that you want to plug right now, or are you good with the Sweaty Yeti? What is it? Sweaty Yeti Productions? Sweaty Yeti Audio. Sweaty Yeti Audio. Say that three times fast. That's exactly what – you know, and I don't know why – we used to tease about being sweaty yetis, my brother and I, and uh, it's kind of carried over to that. But in the just adding the audio to it just made it really fun. Yeah, I'm not saying it three times fast. <laughs> well, actually, I will, and then I'll record it and speed it up and just fuck with everybody. <laughs> now, there just you cheap. go, man. <laughs> brother, I appreciate the time, man. Oh, same here, man. I, I you know, I, I actually am glad I got to do this. Uh, uh, I. It, it's it's an opportunity you know i don't i don't uh have very many great thoughts or opinions but by golly i put everything i had into this <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna tell you that. there's gonna I, I, when i take these headphones off there's gonna be an, a, 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 an unlimited amount of smoke <laughs> i was i was just gonna say when you take the headphones off you're gonna need a nap aren't you <laughs> well actually no I, yeah yeah i ain't gonna lie I, th I thought it was gonna be cool about that no no i'm fine i'll be no, I'm, no I'm, you're gonna I, need you're gonna need a nap I, this this is narcolepsy waiting to happen. <laughs> well, brother, thank you for the time, and I will put in the show notes uh, where everybody can find you. Even though you just audibly said it, I will also put it in the show notes. And uh, and that's all right. it. That's all I got, brother. I appreciate the time, and I will talk to you soon. All right, be good, man. All right, man, you too. Well, that's it, kids. That's the show for the week. I can actually say the week because I was here last week, and uh, I will be here. Next week, I have a, a show planned for next week and possibly the week after that. So that fucker that lives in Texas, stop texting me. You're going to get more shows. Damn it. I love your face. Anyway, uh, I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Denver. He's a good dude. He got a lot of stuff off his chest, and he talks fast, and he has a lot to say, which is awesome. Uh, it's good for him. It was a good platform for him. Uh, he felt like uh, he got some stress off of him, and he got his opinion out there, and hopefully you guys got something out of it, and you enjoyed it, and maybe you even learned something. I learned that most mechanical type people are all the same way. Take it apart, put it back together, and if there was no parts left over, it wasn't a good project. So there you go. I get it. So that's it. I am out of here. Uh, make sure you look up Sweaty Yeti Audio when it comes out. Keep an eye out for it. And uh, check out my buddy Justin. Hi, buddy. I miss you. Love your damn face, too. Uh, known as Max Klinger on Facebook. Two really good guys, him in Denver. Uh, I've worked with Justin before. You guys heard that story in the podcast. So that's it. I am out of here. 
And as I say on the new version of my shows, stay safe and shit. That's right. Stay away from the Black Plague. Wrap your face. Wash your hands. Wash your ass. Wash your hair. Wash your hair, motherfucker. It's a Bill Burr reference. And uh, that's it. I hope you guys stay safe and don't do anything dumb and stay in the house and don't go anywhere. That's it. So until next time, I will talk at you soon.